What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. No music, no no intro, but if you listen closely enough, you can hear Patrick Claybon's super nice neighborhood. The birds are chirping. It's It sounds beautiful where he's living right now. Another episode of Hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. Uh, so Ryan and I have wanted to get Patrick Claybon on the show for a while. And Ryan was like, man, if we get Patrick on like, like what the hell are we gonna talk about? <laughs> like that's, that was that was that was kind of, and I said, man, like it's the Saints Twitter podcast, but it doesn't have to be about the Saints. Like you, you are someone that you know go follow on Twitter. Um, you know you are you are kind of a Twitter. You're a fixture of NFL Twitter. Um, so joining our show is Patrick Claybon of NFL Network. How you doing, man? Man, for, I just needed you guys to have a show and then, like, invite me. Oh. <laughs> is, this, is that similar to when you had the shrimp bowl and I was not invited? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the same thing. And maybe it was, like, retaliation. And I know you guys got, you know, Baldy and Cosell. We got big names. And, like, and so I'm just like, man, you know, I'm happy for the dudes, but, like, uh, maybe we can talk. We can talk shop. No, you know? trust me. Trust me. When we started it, like, the second after the second episode, I said, man, we got to get Patrick on. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. <laughs> we got to get him on. And, so and if, if you're a listener of this podcast and you're expecting, like, this to be a whole bunch of, like, saints, like, oh, <laughs> minutia, four, three, this is, this is not – we might not even really discuss football. Like, there is so much that we can just talk about that is bigger than football because a lot of things are bigger than football. So I'm just giving that forewarning to the listeners. Like, this might not be the podcast in terms of the football. <laughs> I mean, that's that's generally, like, whenever, whenever anybody has me on anything, that's, like – it's generally like, hey, you might not want to listen to this. <laughs> that's what I always love. That's the, that's the best preamble. 
we'll just we'll just start with we'll just start with Ryan's mentions. Like today has been a day where I, I don't I don't even know how to put it into context. Like this whole debate about police and good cops, bad cops, and race, and and then I check my my boys' mentions and they are they are on fire. <laughs> like I don't know what what happened when this morning like i just i left and they, they're ablaze and so i'll, I'll let you guys kind of well okay yeah i i, I want to get ryan's uh reaction because what happened for me i because I, i'm just you know I'm, I'm chasing the three-year-old around and i look i look on on my timeline and i see this guy talking about like that boy wolf is saying cops are bad and that wasn't going to happen on my watch <laughs> This is John Snow? Is he in the north? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh my god, that dude's gonna come around with the saber. <laughs> you have to try to get the honor of of cops. So, he trying like, to, try to get his cop homies on me, man. I'm like, damn. <laughs> but I mean, what's crazy is like, I usually don't even get this stuff on Twitter. But I mean, I made the mistake of. Uh, commenting on, you know, obviously some injustice that happened recently, you know, the murder of another black man, you know, another can't breathe situation, another like just blatant on video of a murder, you know, a murder before eyes. You know, I remember years ago when I was growing up, we would rent tapes like uh, Faces of Death. Mm. Like that was the only times you would see like death and stuff like that like happened on video yeah. but now it's like it's the norm you just you know we put on twitter you're gonna see somebody die and you know i, I commented on it you know and we, we were just you know we were just discussing like hey you know there's a problem with cops this is obvious we you know it's 2020 we know this it's not news and he's just like hey i disagree well why do you disagree <laughs> like well what if you what if you switched out cops with black people not just like not all black people are bad, not all cops are bad. Like, oh, which, God. which, which, as you said, is some of the dumbest shit that anybody can say, right? Because you, we were, we were born like we didn't have a choice. I would Correct. choose, honestly, I would choose to be. But people choose. They they grow up living in the society, seeing all the things cops do, seeing the way that they treat people, and they make a choice. Right? <laughs> they make a choice to be right. a cop. A cognitive so choice. And so you are prolific at blocking people, and that's why that's why I was like, "Oh, Ryan is is kind of he's in his, he's in his bag today," because if I saw some shit like that, that would be the end of the conversation. So Ryan still hasn't gotten to the point like of us where like just that one thing and there like he lets it go on just for a little bit and then right. and then. <laughs> Because look, I like debate. I really do. Like I like I like hearing something that's gonna be like, oh, I haven't heard that point before. Let's talk it out, even if I don't disagree, you know, don't, don't agree with it. But I just hate dumb shit. Like man, like stupid, <laughs> like stupid logic that just, you know, like if you read my tweet and you just completely reformulate it to mean something different, like that's just blocked to me. Like you get blocked. You know, I just well, have no time for that. And the thing is, like you said, it was twenty twenty, like. The police in America have been a problem since in 1820, in 1920. Like it, this, this is this is nothing new. Nothing. And so the idea, right? Like, I'll use my family as an example. So, 
my my brother was a corrections officer and he he would be the first person to jail does not fix people like the the american criminal justice system doesn't make anything better right and my mother uh god rest her soul was a physician she was a psychiatrist and the very first thing like the, the story of me being born the infant mortality rate for black women in the state of Alabama is extraordinarily high. It's high for black women all over America. Right. right. And so <clears throat> my mom and my aunt Peach were in Huntsville and I started, you know, she was pregnant with me and I was coming out that day. <laughs> you know, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like, you know, something that I was ready to come out, but I just made the decision, I guess, that I was coming out. They drove 112 miles an hour from Huntsville to Birmingham because my mom knew that her best chance for me and her to survive was to get to Brookwood Medical Center in Birmingham to get to her doctors. Oh. And my mother, my mother is a physician. It's, the, it's what she worked for, what she strived for. If you told my mom that there was a problem with the way that hospitals and doctors and administrators work in America for black women, she wouldn't look at you and say, well, not all doctors. She would say, fuck yeah, there's a problem. <laughs> Man. And, 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 these, and these dumbasses, right? Like, there's, there's all kinds of systemic racial issues in America. And you don't fix them at the ground level. No. It, it, like, um, let's, let's, any of it. it there's so many, it, like, like lending, right? You want to get a loan and you look the wrong way, you're going to have some problems. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. And so are we going to fix that by changing the bank tellers? No. <laughs> so, so, why, so why does this always, why does this dumbass conversation always come back to, well, what about the good cops? What about them? Oh and it's been, it's, it's been the same conversation, like when, you know, when Rodney, the Rodney King beating, you know, in what, 91, 92. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, what, 10 years old. I remember that same conversation then. Not all cops are bad. It's like, can we move past this part of the conversation? Like, can we move past this? You know? Because to me, to me, this is like chapter one of the conversation. Are all cops bad or not? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's move to chapter mm -hmm. two. We should be on yeah, chapter 10 by now. Yeah, it's not even in the book, man. No. This, this, is, this, is like, this is like baby's first book there where it like introduces the concept of cops. Like that's where that should be covered. Like, by the time we're at this conversation, like we're in 101 now, and we should understand that uh, you know the outcomes of this of this system aren't right. And and the, and the reason they're not right is because people make a choice for them not to not be right. Not be right, yeah. And and and, and for somebody, and honestly, I'm, I'm you know I'm laughing about it, but I'm starting to get pissed off. We're like he's questioning your adherence to blackness itself because you criticize. <laughs> Because you criticize some cops? <laughs> you know what? You know what? I, I just, but that dude, I mean, I'm not even going to say his name, but he's like, he's known for being a contrarian. And I get that. I'm a contrarian. I could be contrarian too. But he's like to the point where of being contrarian just to be a contrarian. And it's not, you're not doing anything productive. You're not bringing any logic, any. Uh, any reason to the conversation? You're just talking, man, and I just—I don't know. I mean, I—I I don't even block people like that, man. But man, you—you you gotta get out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it got—it got Ryan so high, like he was speaking to the level of like, if 
keep that same energy <laughs> if you see me in the street. <laughs> Just come see me, you know. I mean, if you if you, I don't know if you're from New Orleans or not. I'm down there every weekend. See me, you know. But, and I and I just hate I hate to even get to that level on the internet because we're on the internet. Like I've been on the internet since I was like 16, and it's always been tough talking and all that. But I never get into that stuff because it's stupid. You know, it's not going to happen. But I was like, man, that that was just crazy. Shout out to Alan, my dude Alan, by the way. Because uh, he was the one that kicked off that whole conversation, and he's, uh, you know, you're, you're a righteous brother. Um, speaking of the topic of, of just race, something that you know we had kind of discussed, you know, that we wanted to talk to you about is you, Patrick, being working at the NFL Network. Besides, I can only maybe think of Steve Weiss, who's been doing the job for a super long time. You're one of, I mean, in terms of on-air talent, you're the only black male that hasn't been like a player or work like uh, like in in a type of front office role. How has that? I don't want to say struggle because I don't want to feel like I'm putting words in it. But how has that been in your career, being black and working in an NFL network and trying to get to where you want to go in your career? Well, I think generally for everybody, right, for, for all of us, um, there was a great paper. I, I got to try to find it. And I'll put it on, on y'all's timeline, just about navigating white space, mm. which is something that we all, we all have to do. We, we, and it, it's funny because you, <laughs> you say it and we all know exactly we, what you mean. We know exactly what it means. <laughs> I don't even and, need to see the paper. And it's like, don't even need to at all because we know what it is. We know what it is. <laughs> And so, like, that's that's going to be the same no matter what you do. You know, like, if you work at Costco, um, you know, when I when I started as a reporter in Dothan, Alabama. Can you all hear that ice cream truck? But I got to. No. It's probably you know, too loud out here. Ice, <laughs> <Anyway>. ice cream! <laughs> My son's probably in there going nuts. But, like, but, yeah, like, because you start, uh, that that's when I started. And, um it's, it's always kind of been there for me, just, just, you know, figuring out how to navigate that, that space, which is a space that I honestly, that I was born in, right. My, my parents were both physicians. Uh, Birmingham, like most of America was, was super segregated Ooh. and, and they, uh, you know, they took us to a, a place where we could have a, a decent opportunity. And, um, and so, as far as being the only one in the room, <laughs> you know, that's, it's, it's yeah. been like that for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's just the, in terms of like managing it, um, it's, it's taken a long time for me to, to speak up. You know, I haven't always, and, and you guys know, like, you know, just not that I'm like any, anybody special, um, but you, you develop a voice over time and there's some things that you, you can kind of pick up on and in the brief moments i have on, on television I, I i try to feel like i can i can you know distribute information equitably uh about our league where a significant percentage of the players are black and it's tough it's tough some places i mean you guys consume nfl content yeah. and you, you get you get some of the voices that take our, you know, our overwhelmingly black league 
and, and some of the topics in terms of the way players are discussed or especially player salaries, um, you're missing something. And I, I, don't, I don't think I can provide, it's not, you know, race is a social construct. It's not my DNA that allows me to, to, <laughs> to have that perspective. Right. It's, exper- it's experiences. And, and we have those experiences, uh, all of us. And so like in a situation where like Dak, Dak's contract is a, is a big discussion, right? Right. It would be, it would be impossible to not look at that situation, see the way Cap was run out of the league, see the way that Cam is without a job and, and, and say that his blackness isn't a factor. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a clear, it's a clear factor to me. Um, and, you know, people would suggest, you know, oh, we were making everything about race. No, I, I live in America. And, and I recognize the circumstances that, that America has put people in. And so um, it just applies. It applies to so much. Uh, and that makes some people upset. But it does. And so I just, you have to pick and choose spots. Um, because we live in a place where, uh, there's a certain point of view, and that certain point of view is has always been well represented, and it's always had a lot of power. And so you, you do have to navigate that. Some try to navigate it more delicately than I do, um, but you know you, you just have to you just have to navigate it, and I try. And I, I think more people more people are trying now too. So I wanted to ask you: Does does anybody ever? come to you like, hey, man, you know, chill with those tweets or something like that? Like, <laughs> like no, does anybody honestly, ever check? Nobody? No, um, my, um, you know, my bosses, uh, the people that I work with, like the, the superiors, everybody has, has always understood every point that I've tried to make. I, I've never, there was only one uh, circumstance where a team, an unnamed team uh, representative uh, reached out to me about a tweet, and and I was just like, you know what, man? If uh, if if you're calling me, I don't want you to make us think about it. I'll just I'll delete it. Hmm. And and that 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 was just that was just one time. Of course, it you know it did involve police <laughs> and policing. Um, and so you know I just decided it wasn't worth it at that point. But that was my decision. Uh, right. And so you know nobody has ever. Um, come at me without anything now there was there was one time where i uh i I let i let something slip about a you know a company that we partner with (laughs) that that was a (laughs) no-no so yeah that that was my bad but um other than that man everybody um up to this point is um in like a tool for the league, mm. but it's, it's a room full. And as far as like all the reporters and, and like all the insiders, they're not using any special league access. Like we're just, we're just doing the job. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> right. Like there's some things that we leave alone just from the standpoint of wanting to be extra sure about everything to not want to run a foul of, of any team or, or any league representative, but like, 
I mean, we're just, we're just another media organization that, uh, that happens to, uh, work directly with the league. (laughs) So like, I can't lie, man. It took, oh no, go ahead. No, no, I was just thinking like you say that, and one of the situations that kind of instantly come to mind was a couple of years ago, the whole stuff that happened with like the owner of the Texans and like running the asylum and just all, (laughs) just like, I mean, maybe you can't say it, but like just the most like not veiled racist stuff that like, an you know what I'm saying? Like it was very Mm -hmm. apparent, like what was meant in those statements. Like, I guess my question is how, how do you, like, you have to walk that line of being NFL Network employee, but also being a black man where you feel like you need to speak your mind in terms of, like, the realness of the situation. Like, how is that sometimes difficult for you to walk that line? I don't, I don't really think it's super difficult. Um, in terms of, you know, Dob McNair in, in that particular instance, you know, I've, I don't delete a lot of tweets, <laughs> you know, and if, if anybody wants to know, you know, how, what my definition of racism is, uh, how I feel about the ideology of white supremacy and its outcomes, uh, there's literally thousands of tweets uh, that people can search. Um, and so in that instance, I don't, I don't really know what there was to add. <laughs> right. I have two lines at most, you know, and it's going to be pithy. And it's, you know, you're gonna have to you're gonna read it. You might have to read it twice or three times. And you'd be like, that, "That's a good ass tweet, man." <laughs> that's that's what I try. I mean, that's that's what I try to do, and and I try to have fun because, like, you know, you get angry sometimes, and like, it's it's never good. It's never good when you're angry, and so like people, um, people always talk about snark, and. Like I have to be snarky because if, if I'm not snarky, like I'm gonna lose my job. Like I'll be on the street because because the the, the fingers will get on that keyboard and, and they'll just they'll just start going. I mean, you guys know. Uh, I'll I'll get in your DMs when I'm hot about something. <laughs> it's just like, yep. <laughs> um, and, and so like you just have to you have to try to walk a line. But if the if the site's not fun, like if you're not having fun on the site. If you're not learning something on the site, if you're just arguing with people, and that's why I block so many people. Like, if you know, it, it comes to the point now where like, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll click on somebody's profile, like when they when I see something cross, and if I see some keywords yep. in there, <laughs> like block. just just in their header, like I'm not oh, gonna invest, sure. I'm not gonna invest the time and energy into that. Boom, you know? blocked. <laughs> Because then my wife's looking at me on my phone, like, "Who are you arguing with?" I'm like, "I'm not just, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be like that." It's just like, all right, like I have nothing to offer to this person. No, they have none. nothing to offer to me. Period. <laughs> so what are we doing here? Very <laughs> <laughs> well. It's, no. It's funny because people, I guess, in Saints Twitter, kind of look at me as like the the king of blocking, and like, no, like that's not like that's you, and I think. 
because of who you are and your presence, like you, there's like more people. I can't even imagine what Jack your your mentions or anything like that is like. Well, so your reach in terms of the amount of people that you block, like far far exceeds mine. And it's funny over I don't even know how long I've known Ryan now. Like my methodology of just, you know what, man, just block and move on. Like that has slowly worn off on him because he wasn't like that at the beginning. He was like, really oh, I'll mute. Uh. <laughs> yeah. My, my, fa- my favorite today was the almond. <laughs> An almond. Not even an yeah. egg. Like so, he, actually, he actually took the time to say, well, I don't like this egg. Let me look up an almond, download it, save it, and post it as his avid. I was like, man, what the? All right. And so, and so like, y'all know me. Like, you, I saw your tweet, and I'm like, let me go block this guy. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, soon as, as soon as I see Ryan block someone, I go to that person. <laughs> Blocks. So then, yeah, just... This is a question for Ryan: Is what has made you change your like your mindset in terms of being more prone to the block? Oh man! I mean, honestly, it's just having more followers now. Like seriously, like when I had like three hundred followers, a nice little manicured, you know, Twitter following. You know, I mean, I just didn't get much heat in my mentions. But like now, you know, with the way Twitter is set up, like. If someone likes your tweet, it shows up on someone's timeline, even if they aren't following you. So I, I guess my tweets just get in more people's sites. And I just get, man, I, I mean, people, I see people that's adding me and they don't follow anybody I know. It's like, they're just coming out the woodworks and I'm like, okay, like, you know, so it just makes sense to block them, you know what I'm saying? And I, so I don't know, man, but I mean, I, I, I get them out of here now. I'm not like on your level because I still like... I still like a little bit of heat in my mentions just to make it okay. <laughs> but like this stupidity, I just can't stand stupidity. Like if you come at me with some like good arguments, even if I don't agree with them, but I'm like, oh, he's bringing effects. I'm all right with it. But if you just like, I disagree because, and you make some logical fallacy that just makes no sense. You know, I, I ain't got time for that. No time. It's, oh uh, yeah, I, I'm like for me, of course, like the 2016 election was like oh. the point where I just, I had just decided because like you talked about around uh, like being on the internet. Like I remember I was in, I was in sixth grade and I went down to the computer lab because I, you know, I used to, I was a shark week guy and I watched so much discovery channel and I went to the computer lab because I had been seeing all these commercials about the internet and I opened up uh, Netscape. And I went to discover. I went to discovery.com, and that was the first website I ever went to. And shortly thereafter, wow. like I was, you know, I was on Instant Messenger, just yep. AOL. I'm in chat rooms, and here I am, like this black boy on the internet, just arguing with racists, like that, you yep. know, because because that's all I've ever done. And so I did that for <laughs> decades, right? Just just decades, just just trying, just begging and pleading with these people to treat me like a human being. And I'm on mm. Xbox Live, I'm on the PlayStation Network, Ugh. just racial slur, racial slur, racial slur, racial slur. And then like uh, 2016 happens and I just realized like, you know what, Patrick? You're not gonna save these people from the show. 
<laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna convince these people of anything. No. So so what am I doing interacting with them on the internet? Oh. Like who the hell do I think I am to, that to I'm gonna change their mind? That's so in, like this logic. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they yeah. wake up on the same planet with the same access to information that I do. And they just and choose so, to use it completely differently. Yeah. And so like I, I've talked to people all the time, you know, because I, I do like talking to people and they always get to this point where, so are you just, <clears throat> wait, hold on, let me, I, <clears throat> so are you just going to write off a significant segment of the population of America? And I'm like, shit, yeah, I'm going to write off a significant, like, what? <laughs> How do you think we got this way? Like, what am I going to do? Am I going to hug them? And am I going to be like, uh, what's his name's uh, killer's family and go hug somebody and heal the world? Oh, no. The Dallas shooting with the cop or yeah. whatever. <laughs> so, like, n- n- no, I, I, I'll just block them. And then they don't have to worry about me because I know they don't. And I'm not going to sit here and live in this fantasy world where this idea that, that, that they're going to suddenly, they're going to be my potential ally. I, because I, I, I know who my allies are. <laughs> and, and most importantly, I know who my enemies are. So and I can tell pretty quickly. And that's the, I'm, I don't, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I'm really good at that. I'm really good at it. So, so this is a question I have. I mean, I just, I just, when we're talking about, we're just letting it fly right now. Let's I, do it. I think I know the answer to it because we are both proud members of the hashtag Scroll Tendency population, right? Come on, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> with that said, I know what it's been like dating outside my race. And so how has that, like, how is that for I know how it is for me because I've I've dealt with it my entire almost my entire life. With how has that been for you? Because I, I know how it is. Even in California, you going out with your wife somewhere out in public, obviously not right now with the virus, you still get those looks from, from both sides of the field. Like it's not just one side, you get them from both sides. Yeah. Right. The, the the thing is, like, you can get looks from anybody. And those looks can come from a number of places. And the things that, and like we, like I was saying at the start of this, um, there's, there's a lot, there's so many unfair circumstances placed on black women. And if somebody is upset with me because they think that like I chose a woman out of like a character selection screen, mm-hmm. you know, like that's, that's not how, that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> like like a girl, a girl slid in my DMs. And then we, you know, we, we watched, we watched the battleship on the telephone and, and, and I drove, I drove to see her while she was in Charlotte and I fell in love with her. And and now she's going to, you know, produce two of my children. And I love that woman. And so like, I'm not going to sit here and tell some kind of like, I don't see race lie because that's, that's not the world that we live in. Right. But like, I love my wife and that, that, that doesn't say anything about you. Can be the most you can be the most beautiful woman in the world. Me loving my wife has nothing to do with that. <laughs> like, um, in terms of, you know, like colorism is a real thing. 
Mm. Like people, people choose people based on their shade and all that. All I can tell people is I didn't make a choice like that. Um, but I do know that it's, it's a real thing that exists. So I'm not going to, if somebody's you know mad at me because I love my wife, like, Hey, Hey, go for it. Uh, that's an individual choice that I made. Uh, but what we can worry about is are the systems, um, that hurt people and harm people and their outcomes, we can focus on that. Mm. And, and I'll talk to you all day about that. Um, but like, you know, somebody's, if somebody is, is agitated uh, because I love the, the mother of my children, <laughs> like, I don't know, I guess they could talk to somebody else about that. There you go. But like, in terms of, in terms of like race itself, like, the the thing that that i'm a huge proponent of and like both of my children will will know and, and they'll grow up with is that like the whole concept of race mm. that we're these that we're these different people it's all it's all a lie it, it's a lie that was created to to enslave and demean people uh there is there's biological race just isn't a thing right and but what what is real is the way that our society has acted on that lie and that's as real as night and day and that's as real as those videos we see of real people being murdered and so um like when somebody you know tries to tell you something like like hey uh you know your blood pressure is is looking pretty good for a black guy it's like no man like what's my blood pressure <laughs> like we're, don't don't try to don't try to grade me on a curve right <laughs> Cause, cause I got, you know, I got 23 chromosomes. <laughs> like, like we're, yeah. we're the same. Like we're the same. We're not the same, but we are the same. Right. And, um, and so that, like, that's, that's the point of view that I, that I come at it from. And I think more people are starting to come at that. Cause I think people weren't always armed with the language to be able to, to share that idea. And like one of the things that, um, that struck me was uh was dr kendi just straight up as simple as you can like there's nothing wrong with black people and like that that, that like spoke to me because like because you, you you run across people especially uh like i had a colleague that was like well here's the problem with black people and it's like hold up let me stop you there let me stop you right there <laughs> you know what i mean and and this is you know, this is a this is a black man. This is a man that that I grew up idolizing, and he starts yeah. a sentence like that, and um, and yeah, like, I, you, I get cross about that, and, and and that's um, so that's just that's that's the the spot that I I try to start with, like if if you're making an argument that implies that there's some sort of intrinsic flaw in black people, then I don't need to talk to you. I just, I just don't, because I don't have anything for you. But yeah, the there's no, there's no solid foundation there to start, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, so, a quick shout out to Chris Westling. Just had a baby. He's he world tendencies too with Lakeisha. <laughs> you know, so I love, it. I love it. A no, beautiful but, baby too. I saw the picture. Beautiful. That was a good looking baby. Beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful baby. I was old, old Link Westling. I mean, I mean, that's 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 two good people, man. Lincoln, like that's a name, Lincoln. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask you, uh, I, I really wanted to ask you this. Uh, the whole Jay-Z 
partnering with the NFL, Inspire Change thing. I mean, my time, I don't know how your timeline looks, but I, I follow a lot of youngsters on my timeline, a lot of guys, you know, under 25. And, man, they just rip Jay-Z all day. I mean, you don't even have to – there's nothing about Jay-Z in the news, and they're just ripping them. Whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's a sellout. He's a sellout. He's this, he's that, and the other. I mean, I don't know your opinion on Jay-Z, but I just wanted to know from your – I just didn't know much about what was going on with that partnership. I just never could really find out, like, any real good information. Like, were you privy to anything going on? Because I know, you you know, your ears are always open to that type of stuff. I – um. In terms of like what any agreements were, all I had access to were the releases and the statements. So like, and I know I, I had seen that he pledged some money uh, to run through to the initiative. But aside from that, uh, I think I had a thread where I kind of went through what I knew and I've, I've kind of forgotten yeah. about it. Yeah, you but did. It, yeah. Was, it, it was just like in terms of the conversation, at that point, uh, there wasn't any, there wasn't much to talk about. Like, yeah. and it's like, well, well, Jay Z's doing all these things, and here's here's where I come down on Jay. Jay Z is a billionaire, right? Yeah. Nobody, nobody's ever made a billion dollars being egalitarian, <laughs> right? No, like that's that's all. not how that's not how. And I don't care who your favorite is, if it's Gates, if it's Jobs. If it's Balmer, uh, you know, across the board, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos, no, nobody makes a billion dollars paying people what they deserve. Ooh, speak on it. <laughs> so, uh, so to me, like the whole concept of billionaire philanthropist is just an oxymoron, and and um, and so like. Do if 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 that's if if people think that he's, you know, the man with the plan and the answers to solve the situation, um, I, I I don't think he's that. Is he hurting things? I don't know. Uh, there was that that one organization uh, where the lady was cutting kids' dreads off. Yeah, for, yeah. So oh, like, yes, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been a part <laughs> of of making them any money but I, I doubt that he individually made a decision on that right um so i would just say like in terms of looking for individual heroes on on activism that's 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 a tough ask man i, I think if people care about something then they should uh be about the process of, of the way things go uh what what can we do uh to help people um what government can do, what individuals can do. And, um, you know, if, if you've got a billion dollars, if anybody's listening to the Saints Twitter podcast and, and you've got a billion dollars and, 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 you know, I've made you feel bad, <laughs> like there are some direct action people on the ground uh, that work with these families uh, that, are, that are harmed by the criminal justice system. Um, and, you know, we could, you could do something. But as far as like, you know, Mr. Carter's partnership with the National Football League. Um, I don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you what they've done individually. Hmm. And uh, I, I could try to <laughs> look some things up. That, I just um, thought, I mean, as somebody who's followed, I mean, you know, he, just as a fan of Jay-Z, I'm not like a, you know, 
I don't look at celebrities as like that the league went into with like the anti-recidivism with Gideon's promise with the civil rights corps like the conversational space that created those partnerships was created by Colin Kaepernick um, those things would not have happened if not for Colin Kaepernick and so it's easy to see why people felt like uh, Cap was jilted in that right. but and as far as I knew at that point, all those organizations didn't get any new funding uh, because of the, the Rock Nation partnership. Um, now maybe like awareness of those organizations like will go up because of Jay-Z, but I, in terms of like money going into them, I, I didn't see any extra. Uh, money going into those organizations. And, and there are several like boots on the ground organizations that do get inspired change money uh, mm-hmm. from the grant process. And um, I, I don't know that like their flow changed at all because of Jay-Z. Yeah. I, I really don't at this point. Just interesting. Um, being that we probably have lost probably half of the people that <laughs> Actually, dude, it's like, yeah. If you want to give them like a time that they can skip to, right. some, some, like, uh, some Saints football, we could we could do that. My favorite meme of of the of like I don't know who it is, but like the white guy taking off the headphones, like that is <laughs> this podcast right now. Um, you brought up Saints Twitter and. I say this. I say this uh, in the sense of being unbiased. Like I don't think there is a fan base quite like Saints Twitter. And I could be wrong. You, you interact with more fan bases of fans and things like that. But like, like, what is I guess your perception as like an outsider in regards to like just the ferocity of that can be Saints Twitter sometimes. The the thing about about Saints Twitter is and honestly because because all the twitters are different and and this is again like my slice of the pie because i'm i mean i I do follow over two thousand people so it's not like um super exclusive or anything but um i do tend to follow uh like good people (laughs) and so like uh say the the portion of saints twitter that i'm that i'm exposed to like y'all are a family like there's there's some there's some occasional squabbles and stuff but somebody comes in the family and they may leave right but then they can they can come back like like cat for example right <laughs> like, like you you leave right. and it's and like Saint, saints twitter will will follow them and and follow the their teams that they're reporting on Yep. And like be interested in that and like engage with the content for a team that supposedly 
according to some, you know, consultants' views, like so somebody can only like one team or be interested in a team. To me, like NFL fans are NFL fans. And oh yeah. And that's and that's definitely true for Saints fans because honestly, let's be real. Like for so long, uh, the Saints were horrible. <laughs> so like, if y'all wanted to watch some football in January, you weren't watching the Saints. <laughs> so, so you had to, so you had to diversify your your viewership portfolio, and that comes through. I, I really do think that that comes through. And even after two thousand nine, there was never this this haughty sense of ownership. Like, like, you know, I I only follow like five Patriots fans, but like, even from those five, like you you get this, this sense that it's like, yeah, like, like, like they were out there with Tom. Like they were the one. (laughs) Like like that was. Does those five include Greg and Erica? Cause if so, that that doesn't, they don't count. (laughs) No, Greg, honestly, like, like, I mean, y'all know, like Greg is one of the, literally like there's 8 billion people on this planet. And he's in the one percent of like good people, yeah. so yeah. he's an outlier. You just got to throw Greg out when you're talking about <laughs> Patriots fans, because honestly, like Greg might not even like the Patriots anymore. Like, let's be right. real. <laughs> exactly. Like he's he's just that type of guy. Yeah, but like you you never get that that sense of 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 we're we're so much better than this. Like <laughs> like, like all of the the pain and the struggle. Uh, the hurt of losing, uh, the hurt of, of living in a community that was devastated, uh, you know, and, and the government response was completely inadequate. Like that, that comes through and, and it comes through and it makes me appreciate Saints Twitter. Hmm. I wanted to ask you, uh, well, I'm not ask you, but kind of debate, not, not debate, but your whole <laughs> momentum thing. Here we go. Here Let's we do go. it, man. Let's get popping. I mean, we don't even have to it. debate it, but I, you can't tell me that you watch you, you watch a lot of football. You also know Patrick watches a lot of sports. It's not it's not yeah, just, not just, fo- just sports in general. Uh huh. And there's something there. Like I, I don't know. I can't scientifically <laughs> quantify it. There's something there, man. Like something. You can't tell me there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You can't tell me that, man. What I'm telling you is, uh, human beings we're we're predisposed to find patterns. It's an evolutionary response. Thanks. You know, we, we we look at this and it's like, if I eat these berries, you know, Grog ate those berries and he's dead. So I shouldn't eat those berries. And and that's something that we fine-tuned over a long period of time. And we just fill in gaps sometimes. Because sometimes, like, sometimes shit just happens, man. Like, it just happens. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean something. It might not always be divine intervention. Like, sometimes the ball bounces and, and the player picks it up and runs in the end zone. And, and I think what momentum is, is our desire to explain uh, what we can't explain. And, and sometimes, like, it's just, it's, it's random. And I just, I, I've seen too many games where people, because everybody's all, oh, you know, like you're watching a college game as Kirk Herbstreit. He's like, oh, they've got all the momentum. And the other team, <laughs> the other team comes and scores 25 points. And it's like, what the hell is the point of this momentum? If you're gonna give up like six touchdowns, you throw a pick six, and and so like, I I just like I I you know, growing up and competing, I, I would just always hear these things, and and all you know, frankly, bad coaches just talking about momentum. It's like, man, tell me, 
Like, tell Steve to let me know when the back screen's coming. Like, don't talk to me about momentum right now. Like, how many points is momentum worth? <laughs> and look, I don't think it's like some external force. Like, you know, like Star Wars Force, like momentum is pushing you through. But I think there's something to be said about everyone having confidence. You know, as uh, Sean Payton always says, confidence comes from demonstrated uh, ability. So everybody's everybody's on point with execution. You know, everybody, especially with football, it's such a team sport. And everybody's working in unison and it's moving along and it's moving along. And you, I could see that being momentum. You know what I'm saying? Like that being considered momentum, where everybody's on the same page and executing at a high level, and it's working your way positively. And then something could happen that would screw that momentum up—a fumble, you know. And then maybe people start, you know, two or three guys start trying a little extra harder, or maybe you lose focus here or there. Well, you know, if, if if they're if they're trying too hard and losing focus, then they're not executing, right? right? And so, like, if if we're gonna call it like positive vibes, like, yeah, like I'm sure like <laughs> good vibes are good. Like you're you're at a party, and like if you're a comedian telling jokes and people are laughing, and you get you get into a groove, yeah, I mean that, we can call it vibes, but just like to call it to call it like a force of nature, that's like how they. <laughs> They've got the momentum. It, it was like, so here's it, like a great example, right? So Michigan is playing South Carolina in the Outback Bowl, and there's a fumble. And Michigan doesn't really recover it, but the referee gives it to them. And it's like, yeah, they've got the momentum. And y'all remember what happens the next play? It's the, the county. Blows <laughs> this kid's head up. And he explodes on the football field. It looked like he died. And it's like, what the hell was the point of that momentum? <laughs> what did it do? It didn't do anything. And so that's that's what kills me. And, and that's what, like, causes me to lash out at the term because, like, it's just one of those things that, like, that, like, people say all the time. And it just it, it grates on me. Um, it's, like, the will to win or the determination. <laughs> and it's just, like, would y'all please tell me about the game? Like, what are we talking about? We're doing this, especially with college kids. And they're if they're doing psychoanalysis of this 19-year-old, man, you don't know what that 19-year-old is thinking. And I guarantee you that 19-year-old doesn't know what the hell he's thinking because he's 19. <laughs> I got to get your thoughts on the last dance, man. <laughs> uh, it, you know, we needed it. I think, like, you know, we all watch a lot of sports and, and we needed something to watch. And for, yeah. you know, for those of us who are our age, or older or younger, like that was the team and that was the guy. And there was all this, all this talk about like who, who, who else deserves a ten-part series? Well, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> nobody. Like why? I don't. It's like well, who, who else could carry? Like why? No, because that was a unique thing. It was a unique moment. You know, I, I wish that there had been some more Birmingham and we had focused on Birmingham a little bit more. But you know, you can't, you can't win them all. But uh, I thought it was. I thought you know we needed more Ron Harper. Ron Harper had the line of the series yeah. uh, to me. <laughs> uh, y'all, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. When yeah. when like coach wanted to put Elo on Jordan before the shot, <laughs> and Ron Harper, Ron Harper was like, 
yeah, okay, whatever. Fuck this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's a mood in life. <laughs> that's to me. That's my favorite meme from the whole thing. Like the hell with Mike looking at his iPad a lot. Like that's that's the one. Like just that shot of Ron Harper with that look on his face. Right. Like that's that's it for me. But I I loved it, man. I thought, and I know, like, you know, they put that together at the last minute in the midst of a global pandemic. And so, like, shout out to them, man. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, let me, so I, I guess I would be, <laughs> I would be remiss as a host of the Saints Twitter <laughs> if I didn't ask you anything about, like, <laughs> I can just imagine a listener listening to this just being hot, like, just... They're not gonna ask him one question. Like, what? Is no, you, when you when you send it out, man, you gotta put it in the description. Like, hey, football talk starts with momentum at like thirty seven eighty six. So, like, at, so the Saints in three years, Minnesota Miracle, no call in the NFC Championship, lost to the Vikings when pretty much everyone had penciled them in to go and play against the Packers in the next round. They arguably have top to bottom, the most stacked team, not just in the NFC in the NFL in general, completely. Um, what are your, I guess, perceptions about the team in terms of like additions, Emmanuel Sanders, and just, you know, how do you see them, you know, as a favorite in the NFC in this crazy thing of how games are going to be played upcoming? I mean, we, we talked about a little bit during the momentum discussion about random outcomes. And the Saints, these past few years, have, have been the victim of that. Those, those, all those teams could have won the Super Bowl. I mean, y'all know that. Yeah. And, and this, this whole tired discussion about replay review has, like, neutered a fan base to, to say that the Kyle Rudolph thing wasn't a push-off. He pushed off. <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> Like, well, I don't understand why it's, like, against the rules for y'all to say that a bad call is a bad call now because of another bad call. Like, <laughs> it, like it, it, doesn't, it doesn't change anything. Like, it, it's not like you're crying about it when you say, like, if a, if a, if a car is blue, you just, hey, that's a, the car is blue. The call was bad. <laughs> and so um, I think, like, when you look at the receivers, and, and y'all – Y'all been looking at that receiver group, and I see you fantasizing about bringing in this guy. Manny Sanders makes it different. It's it's just different. And this is a guy who was playing just coming back from, from that uh, Achilles. Achilles, yeah. And so now you, you've got a healthy Manny Sanders. Um, you know, presumably Breeze hasn't seen some significant decline. Now it – and you – People have seen a lot of bad Jameis, but to get Jameis as a backup, that's incredible. It's incredible to think that there's a realistic chance that Sean Payton could coach the two all-time leading passing yardage quarterbacks in NFL history. (laughs) (laughs) If if he stays uh, long enough, because um, this is definitely going to be Jameis' best chance to succeed. And, and so I think the offense um, is going to be better. And Alvin being hurt, um, because, you know, again, you, you can't – if you have a bad performance after being injured, uh, somehow that, that changes 
how good you are as a football player. It's so dumb. You have a running back with an ankle injury, and people are like, what's wrong with him? His ankles hurt. <laughs> you, you, only, you only have two of them, right? So I don't care how many Bosu balls you're balancing on or how many kettlebells you're swinging. If your ankles hurt and you play running back, it's going to be tough to be explosive. Yeah. And so a, a healthy Alvin just does so much. Um, and honestly, like, you know, the thing that I'm thinking about is uh, go ahead and, and get Mark back. That's, that's what the Saints <laughs> need. Because that's, that's the re- reunion that could kind of, you know, that might make me believe in momentum. If Mark Ingram comes back <laughs> and wins the Super Bowl for the Saints, are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like there's one day we're sticking on that back. Yeah, yeah. I would love to have Mark back. You know, just you know, outside of just being a player, just I don't know. He just had that kind of spark. That it, it, was that, it, was a, it was an energy. It was his energy. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was definitely an energy, and you you could see. I, I don't know. I'm not going to read into it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it's it's pretty much the most foregone conclusion that Mark Ingram is going to retire as a Saint. I mean, we we know that's going to happen. <laughs> it's just it's just a question of when, and so um, you know the the sooner the better, I think, because uh, it's just you know it's a perfect match of a player and a community and a team. Um, I I just want to know, I really want to know what Sean Payton's thinking when he's going to see Jameis Winston throwing at camp. Because Drew Brees, Drew Brees <laughs> takes every Wednesday off. Takes every Wednesday off to rest his shoulder. And he's going to start taking like half Thursdays off. So Jameis, gonna, Jameis is going to get a lot of snaps on with the one offense, with the number one offense. And I just want to know what Sean Payton is going to be thinking because we know Jameis could sling it, you know. And he's going to be slinging it. And it's going to be 25 yards, 20 yards, 25, 30 yards, or on a dime, you know? It, here's my Jameis thing, right? So he led the NFL in interceptions last year. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. He, on play action, he had 14 touchdowns and two interceptions. Mm. Like, if, if somebody thinks that Sean Payton uh, can't get guys open, and, and Jameis Winston can't get them the ball. I mean, they're they're, they're just out of their minds. And, and he could see. <laughs> <laughs> people people act like that's ridiculous, right? We have almost we have a decade of evidence that this guy could not see. <laughs> it's about as clear as day. And the thing is, Jameis Jameis is from Hueytown, Alabama. Like I covered Jameis in high school when he was in high school, he couldn't see then. Like Jameis could not see. He had eye problems, but he was so gifted. You know, he could throw the baseball, he could throw the football. It doesn't really matter. You see him on Florida State on the sidelines, squinting. He's squinting in Tampa Bay, where the sight lines in that stadium are horrible. And like, as somebody who's visually impaired, I, I can see why it was tough uh, for him to execute there. And so, like, yeah, there's there's so many reasons to believe that that it's gonna work. Um, it's not worth it to put, you know, a, a hero on the bench, but um, there's a there's a lot of reasons to feel good about it. And and it, and it was so cheap uh, for them. It shouldn't have been cheap. It was cheap because of the quarterback market, and the quarterback is yeah. black. Um, but 
you know, that that's that was the outcome. That was the outcome that happened. So, you know, you, you take advantage of it. You brought a you brought up I mean, I don't want to get back to it, but you just brought up such a good point of seeing like what Jameis is getting paid compared to like what Joe Flacco is getting from the Jets that like incentives can go up to like four million dollars. It's just it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I mean yeah, like more power to Joe. Uh, by all means, I'm, I'm sure he's a great dude. Um, I, I'm not sure that people saw the Denver Broncos play with Joe Flacco at quarterback. Like, <laughs> like game uh, Game Pass is free right now. If anybody's still listening to this, and I haven't run you off with my takes, <laughs> you think my takes are bad? or my cadence, or my voice, or my internet connection, go watch Joe Flacco play football for the Denver Broncos in 2019. Whew. Just do it. And, and get back to me. <laughs> at Patrick, at, at Patrick Clavon <laughs> on Twitter.com and tell me what you think about Joe Flacco. I mean, all the time, I, I mean, he got the only thing I remember, the Super Bowl. Only thing I remember about Flacco last season was his last game when he, when he had that presser. And he was hot. He was like, you got to play to win the game. <laughs> and he was done the next day. Like, he was on IR or something. That's right. That's right. He had called out um, – he had called out, like, the offensive court. It was, it was bad. You know, it was – And they ran him out of there. God. God. But there was, ne- there was never that discussion, right? Because, you know, Joe, Joe oh, has the uh, – that's just Joe yeah. being Joe. He's got the shade to get the grade, baby. You know what I'm saying? He's got the hue that don't misconstrue. Um, and so, like, so you know, it's it's, it's generally going to be okay. Uh, but I just I don't get it. And and I, I know there's a lot of believers out there, like quarterback mentors and and all that. I, I would just like to see like how it works. Like, cause do people give Joe credit for mentoring Lamar? Lamar, <laughs> I'll, I will never forget Lamar's rookie season. I don't know who the, were they playing the Saints. They made, I think they were playing the Saints. And Lamar, this is before Lamar was starting. And there was a play where I think Lamar was either at wide receiver or somewhere, and he is wide open. He is streaking in the end zone. Joe. I don't want to say it was on purpose. <laughs> Joe did not look this man's way. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, Joe is, uh, he was really good. And I don't, I don't know what happened. I'm sure it has something to do with his injury. Uh, But, but there was a time where like, you know, you have back and neck problems. It's really like football is not good for you. No. (laughs) And like, so you're not going to get better playing football. If you've got back and neck injuries, and so like I, I, maybe he's doing great now, uh, but these past couple of years, man, it's it's been a rough watch. It's been really rough. And so like, if if Sam Darnold gets mono again, whoo! <laughs> the Jets are such a such a mess. What are what are some you know kind of moving away from the Saints? Like, what are some? And this season is just going to be just bizarre. But like, what are some teams that you're? you know, excited to see in terms of, like, the moves they've made or teams that you can, you know, see potentially being, like, feisty or just, just excited to watch? Uh, well, I mean, as a, as a certified Lamar Jackson fan, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be glued to, to everything uh, that he and the Ravens do. Uh, but that, that kind of goes, goes without saying. I, I, I'm, I'm ready to go 
you know, if, if I'm not working on a Sunday, I'm ready to drive up to SoFi and see Tyrod finally get his shot. <laughs> Stop it, Patrick. <laughs> I am, man. Well, so I'm going to do it. So what, week one or week two? Because that, that, that's how that's it. That's did you did, did you guys watch Justin Herbert play at Oregon? Did you did oh, you okay. see oh. the Oregon we, games? Okay, man. We me and Ryan, <laughs> me and Ryan have had this conversation. He is the most sleepy, uninspiring quarterback prospect I have seen in a while. Like I watched him and I was like, like this dude, like this is this is what people are high for him. So you're preaching to the choir. I, I I don't get it, you know. Um, I you know I I trust my dude DJ, and he came around on Herbert, um, and so like, you know, there there could easily be something that I've missed, but you know, just in my experience, I I think this is the year of Tyrod, man. <laughs> I do. Come on, man. And I know I don't know I know that's crazy. But um, I'm ready to see it. I mean, y'all ask me what I'm excited about. Okay. okay. <laughs> I like Tyrod, man. I like Tyrod as a prospect. I mean, he was, you know, he was like the poor man's Mike Vick. I was like, you know, <laughs> I thought he was gonna do something in the league. So I mean, but he, I mean, he, he had, like he was he was successful in Buffalo. Like he, yeah. he's he's done pretty well for himself, I would say. But he's just one of those guys that they just always try to push out really quickly. <laughs> But like, there's other, like in turn, there, there's some things that I'm not excited about, and I guess it is exciting for you guys. Like, I don't know what warrants more dirt cutter in Atlanta. I, 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 I've seen, you know, we we saw the Shanahan years with Matt Ryan and Julio, and then like, and then things oh. have just been weird since then, and I'm just like. I know that there's 330 million people some odd in America, and I, I just don't see why it has to be dirt cutter in Atlanta. Like nothing, nothing inspires me to believe that things are going to be demonstrably better. Um, you know, so I, I wish I could be excited about like this girly comeback season, but I, I just, I just know it's not. And I don't, I don't like. I'm not trying to bag on some coaches, but. Like we saw, we we saw Cam carry Mike Shula for years, yeah. and then and then like Danny Dimes has this one season, and it's like, oh, yeah. all right, we got to get Mike Shula out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I just I want to be excited, and I want I want to see some new play callers. I want to get new personalities uh, because like some of these retreads. It's it's just it's just not doing it for me. So like a, the retreads are amazing, which leads into my final question for you: uh, the whole the whole uh, minority coach thing. You know, I mean, we don't have to go into that whole uh, proposal that was wasn't even really voted on. But just what's your what's your take on it? The the problems in the National Football League are are America's problems too, like. And so, like, it was like Bomani Jones said, like, if you're trying to solve the problem, like, then you have to solve the problem. And the NFL isn't going to be able to, to solve the problem. <laughs> like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough because uh, what we have is a society 
I think values some people and trust some people more than others. And we just happen to fall in that community that's not valued and not trusted and not respected. Um, and, and so to me, it, the hiring process just has to be as public as possible. That's the only way to make it work. Yeah, you, you tape the interviews, you tape the discussions. Uh, mm. and, and, then, and then it's like, you know, fans can watch and they Ooh. can listen to somebody talk about football. And if, if, you're, if you're doing something where you know that the public is going to hold you to account, uh, maybe you'll go about the process a little bit differently. But when we have a league that looks like ours player-wise, uh, we have a, a country that looks like ours, and, and people who, who appreciate football and play football and have access to football. Because it's even though football requires so much equipment, it requires a field, um, there's, there's not a lot of people keeping you from playing football. You know, you can you can you can get you can get to a football field and you can play. Um, you can find an organized league, a peewee league, a flag league. There's always some place to play football, and a lot of people that play football or around football, coach football, are black. And the idea that when you get to the college and professional level, that somehow black people aren't as good at it, um, that that's just not true. And anybody can see that. Yeah, and, uh, and so I, yeah, go ahead. No, and I was just going to say, like, and so you can't force people to, to change their hiring practices, but what you can do is have parameters, in my opinion, um, that open things up so where that people can see who's being hired and why. And if it's, you know, because, like, oh, this guy reminds me of my son, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, okay. Yeah. Um, but you just – if you can't make the interview process blind because America's never going to be blind on this topic, but, but you can just have things public and available. Um, and, and I think that could be, that's true for the NFL. That's true for investment companies. That's true for dot coms. That's true for hospitals, police officers. <laughs> it's, it's just, um, we, we start in America right now with the assumption that like, Oh, you know, give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, no, like after, you know, 400 years uh, <laughs> on this continent, like um, it's time we start assuming the worst of people and uh, expecting better of them. Yeah, and I was just going to say uh, Michael Lombardi on his podcast was just talking about how, you know, the coaching hires, GM hires, like it has nothing to do with a meritocracy like at all. It's you know, it's 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 purely politics. Who you know, whose you know brother is you know. I mean, it's, it, it has nothing to do with. It. So when I hear comments like, "Oh, they just need to hire the best," and like, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, the that, best. Like that just doesn't ha that doesn't happen in in companies sometimes. Like the best person no. doesn't get the promotion. Like, of course not. So uh, NFL is no different from that whatsoever and and the implication there when people say that is like oh well they should just hire the best available the implication is just that there's that we're just not good enough right and that's why we haven't gotten the jobs of course um is that oh you know you, you know a black candidate just uh isn't as good <laughs> so like so you can you can just dismiss that uh outright um poor eric, poor eric mean, the enemy 
if 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 Joe Judge looks like Eric Bieniemy, I'm all right. I'm I, on that. I don't I, I don't know I don't know what the outcome is going to be. I, I don't know, but no. but I can tell you I can tell you that um, in terms of the accomplishments, um, Eric Eric should be a head coach, and he would be a head coach, uh, in my opinion. And, and somebody's just going to need to show me a different a different country with a different history if, if you're going to make me believe that I'm wrong. I, I, I don't got, I don't got nothing, nothing else for Patrick. Uh, I, you know, if you made it to the end of this, until the end of this episode, like you don't get like a special prize or anything. But like, <laughs> no, you do, man. If anybody made it to the end of this episode, you know, hit me up. Uh, use the passcode um, uh, Taco sixty three, and uh, and I'll, I'll figure, I'll figure something out. We'll do something for you. <laughs> it's it's funny because you know we've had a lot of great guests on, but in terms of just actual conversations, I think you know I can't speak for Ryan, but this has been kind of it's been one of my favorites. Yeah, same here. It's, that's uh, it's, just, it's just me, just me, uh, you know, catching up with my with my dudes, and like that's you know, and like the ability to, the ability to do that is what makes a lot of podcasts successful. Like like Greg, Dan, and, and Chris, and Mark. Like, yeah some of their best episodes or, or when they're just just being they, dudes so yeah yeah absolutely and like there's there's a there's a, a brothership here like you know patrick was born in alabama ryan was born in louisiana i was born in texas but my you know my my family came from troy alabama so like we know what it's like like we all have <laughs> <laughs> we all, all have those ex- experiences and so you know, we obviously I've met with Ryan in person, but like we don't have to meet Patrick in person to still have like we don't we all know. And so, in terms of conversation, it was a much needed conversation, and we you know some of it was lighthearted in terms of Ryan's uh, ordeal <laughs> today. But I think it's a conversation that that still need obviously needs to continue. And like I don't want our podcast to be pigeonholed to just be oh. X and O Saint, like there's tons of other Saints <laughs> mediums that people can can access to if that's what you're looking for. Um, wow. But you know, we, we're going to do our thing how we want to do it on our, on our podcast. So um, if he hasn't already blocked yet, you can follow Patrick on Twitter at Patrick Clavon. Um, but don't try to follow him if you you don't like it. It's pointless. Like don't, try to, <laughs> don't like, like don't like just just say the time, just save the energy. Um, yeah. I, I appreciate you guys, man. I, I appreciate y'all, and and um, and we will meet. We will meet in purpose. God willing, I keep oh, this yeah. job. We got some. We're gonna have a Super Bowl out of here. Not, not, not so sure about Ryan. I'm, I'm more confident. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dad. Ryan's, Ryan's, Ryan's a wild card. <laughs> well, you know, Ryan is known to you know shirk on social responsibility. <laughs> What can I say, man? I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, the, flaky. The, I'm a flake. I'm a flake. I, I am. I'm a flake. The so funny thing, it out, it's funny because I give Ryan a lot of shit, but in terms of people, I've actually like I have spent a lot of time with Ryan in person, um, probably more than most. So I can't even, I can't even give him that much shit. But the the funny thing was like we all had a a plan week two 
go to Vegas, experience like the, the new stadium, Saints Raiders in Vegas, Saints Twitter was going to hit it up, coronavirus hits, and then because that's the opening game in that stadium, even if t- games are being played with fans, tickets were going for like a grand for like the cheap ticket. So that got immediately canceled. <laughs> Just won't be there. No, we'll, we'll, we'll not be there. Um, but thank you for coming on, man. It was it was it was good, man. It was it was fun. It was just, you know, just just talking, and, you know, about real shit. So we appreciate you coming on. We got it. We you know we got to get you on again sometime. Let's do it, man. Love you, Patrick, brother. Appreciate hey, it, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Y'all have a good one. You too, man. You go, you go, be super dad, and congrats to the to the new edition that's on the on the way soon. Congrats, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So with that, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter if you want to after today. Uh, at that boy Wolf. Don't don't try to follow me on Twitter. It's pointless. With that, we're out. Peace. All right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.